Thank you everybody here for being here. Uh, my name is Pastor Casey and I am the pastor of Eastridge Baptist Church, the place that you are at tonight. Um, so welcome. Uh, tonight we are going to be in the book of Habakkuk. Uh, if you don't know where Habakkuk is, go to Matthew. Most of you probably know where Matthew is at. And then turn to the left. Um, <laughs> you know, it's like tucked in there between Nahum and Zephaniah. It is uh, three chapters and three pages in my uh, Bible, or really a page and a half. Um, so uh, there you will find that. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19 is what we're going to look at this evening. So while you're finding that, let me pray for us, and then we will, we will dive in. God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for this opportunity that we are able to gather together uh, for worship, Lord. We are able to gather together uh, to praise and to thank you, God, for the many ways in which you have worked in our churches, in our congregations, Lord, um, in our lives personally. I mean, we thank you and we praise you for that this evening, God. Lord, as we walk through this message tonight, help us to be encouraged, Lord. Help us, God, uh, to be thankful and to be driven to praise you for all the many ways in which uh, you bless us. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it has been, it's been a hard year. Uh, it's been a hard year for churches. It's been a hard year for us personally. And even though it has been a hard year for, for all of us, we have gathered together tonight as a community of churches to celebrate all of what God is doing in our lives, in our churches, despite all of the difficulties that we have faced this year. And you know, this week is, is Thanksgiving. It's coming up. It's an opportunity for us to, to gather together with our friends, to gather together with our family, to, you know, to fill our bellies full of way too much food and way too much dessert. Um, as we all do over Thanksgiving. But Thanksgiving is a, a yearly tradition that was started by the pilgrims. Back in 1620, the pilgrims, they came to the states seeking religious freedom. It wasn't necessarily the states back then, but to America seeking religious freedom. And, and because the Native Americans helped them, they had an abundant harvest that first year. And as they gathered together around with their new friends that first Thanksgiving, they thanked God for all that God had done for them. Now, if you think about it, their response that year was, was interesting. While they had a lot to be thankful for, while they had religious freedom, while they had help from new friends, while they had an abundant harvest, while they had a successful colony, we can't forget that the pilgrims faced tremendous hardship that first winter. Over half of the pilgrims that came over on the Mayflower died from exposure. They died from a lack of food. They died from resources. That winter, the pilgrims faced tremendous hardship as they were trying to get their new colony underway. But, it, but in spite of all of the hardship that they faced, in spite of all of the loss, they made it a point to gather together to give thanks to God. And if you think about it, their, their response is amazing. It's easy for us to thank God when things are going well in our life. But when life throws you a curveball, when you suffer loss, when you suffer persecution, when you suffer hardship in those times, it's not so easy to give thanks to God. And many of us have had a hard year. 
Right now, you're, you're probably struggling maybe to, to give praise and to give thanks to God. Maybe right now you're wondering, you're thinking, what on earth am I going to say to my family as we are gathered around the table and my turn comes, this is what we do in our family at least, my turn comes for me to say what I'm thankful for this year. Maybe you're struggling because this year has been difficult for you. This year has been hard. It's been hard for us personally. It's been hard for our churches. But tonight, what I want to do is I want to provide you with some reasons that you can give thanks to God, that you can praise God. And we're going to look at the book of Habakkuk. Uh, He's probably not a place that you venture very often, but Habakkuk is one of the minor prophets, not minor because his message is minor, but minor because his book is just smaller than the other prophets. But his message is no less small as message is no less powerful and in chapter 3 verse 17 we read this though the fig tree should not blossom nor fruit be on the vines the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls yet I will rejoice in the Lord I will take joy in the God of my salvation God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. You see, Habakkuk, he faced some difficulties, but he still found a way. He still found a way to praise God and to worship the Lord. Now, how is that? How how can Habakkuk promise to rejoice in the Lord when everything is is crumbling around him, when he is facing hardship, when he is facing suffering, when he is facing loss, what is it that allows Habakkuk to say, Lord, I promise that I am going to rejoice in you. I promise that I'm going to take joy in you. What is it that allows us to praise God during the difficult times? Well, first, we can praise God in difficult times because God is unchanged. God is unchanged. Looking at verse 17, we see that Habakkuk paints a picture of loss for us. Specifically, Habakkuk here, he he envisions losing things that are vital to his economy. He says that the fig tree is not going to blossom. The fruit will not be found on the vine. The olive trees will cease production. The field will yield no harvest. The cattle and the sheep will be lost. I mean, losing all of those things is going to put a major strain on their economy and the people of the land. And we know this to be true, right? Over the last couple of years, our economy has experienced a lot of hardship because of COVID. People have lost their jobs. People have lost their homes. Inflation is on the rise. COVID has not only affected our economy, but, but it has also affected us personally. You know, some people, they, they have not really had food and basic necessities. Others, their marriages have eroded over these last couple of years while they're stuck at home with one another. And still others, they've lost loved ones and, and others, they've lost their home. Some, they've, they've, had to, they've had to move away from friends and, and family just to find work. And surely everything that everyone has faced over these last years has caused an immense amount of stress and anxiety and worry and, and tension. And I'm sure that Habakkuk felt those things as well. But look at how he responds, verse 18. He says, yet, all of these bad things are taking place. All of these things are going to happen. And he says, yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And how can Habakkuk be that? Can he, how can he say that? 
How can Habakkuk rejoice? How can Habakkuk find joy in God despite all of these things that are, that are taking place? Well, he is able to rejoice in the Lord because God is unchanging. You notice here, Habakkuk says, I will rejoice in the Lord. In other words, he will rejoice in Yahweh. He will rejoice in the great I am. You know, when he comes to Moses and he says, what do I tell them? He says, I am has sent you. I am is here. He is the one who is eternal. He is the one who is unchanging. And see, while the world changes all around us, God does not change. Another one of uh, the minor prophets, Malachi. You know, he says this about the Lord in Malachi 3.6. For I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. And then one of the New Testament writers in Hebrews 13.8, we read this. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You see, God does not change. And because God does not change, we can rejoice. We can be thankful despite all of the things that are happening around us, despite everything coming crumbling down around us, we can count on the Lord. We may not be able to count on anything else, but we can count on the Lord. God's promises will not go unanswered. And one of those promises that He provides for us is, that, is salvation. And that's the second reason that we can praise God. You see, we can praise God in difficult times because He provides us with salvation. Look at verse 18. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. And if we think about it, we are never far from problems in this life. You know, while, while, while things might seem like they are going well, life is really fragile and life is uncertain. Not too long ago, I was talking to my dad, and, and he told me about this guy who was on his softball team, and, and uh, he got a call from him to come and visit. And as he went to go visit this guy, he, he recounted the fact that, that he wasn't feeling well, and so he went to the doctor, and they got a scan, and, and it turned out that he had stomach cancer, and the doctor only gave him a few months to live. I mean, just weeks before that, he was out there playing baseball or softball with his buddies on the field. And the next moment, he's sitting in the doctor's office receiving this news, telling that to my dad. And a couple months later, my dad heads off to his funeral. Life is fragile and uncertain. One day, my mom noticed that one of her fingertips was turning black. And after a series of tests, she was diagnosed with scleroderma, a disease that, that changed her life and ultimately took her life. You see, life is fragile and uncertain. One night, my grandma went to bed just as she always did, and at the, some point in the night, she had a stroke, left half of her body paralyzed. She was unable to talk, and she lived the rest of her days in a nursing home being cared for 24 hours a day. Life is fragile and uncertain. You know, in February of last year, we heard about this new virus that was ravaging China, and eventually it made its way to the States in March of 2020. Life as we know it changed. And most everyone here has experienced some sort of loss due to COVID. You see, life is fragile and uncertain. But God, God is not fragile. 
God is not uncertain. Our salvation does not hang in the balance. Our salvation is a sure thing. Everything else can be taken from us, our jobs, our house, our ability to communicate, our freedom, our health, even our life, but our salvation is certain. In Romans 8.1, Paul writes, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Those who have repented of their sins, those who believe in Jesus as their Lord and as their Savior, they have nothing to fear. They have no punishment to fear from God. And that's because Jesus has taken that punishment for us. When Jesus died on the cross, God's wrath was was poured out on him. And all of those who are in Christ, they no longer have to fear God's judgment because there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You see, because God is unchanged, our salvation is always certain. And for that, we can be thankful even when things around us are crumbling, even when the difficulties of life come come tumbling our way, even with all of the uncertainties, we know that our God does not change and we know that our salvation is certain. And for that, we can and we should praise God. And God is able to provide this salvation. God is able to deliver on all of his promises because our God is a sovereign God. And that's the next reason that we can praise God in difficult times. God is sovereign. Indeed, Habakkuk knew this. His his entire book is an example of the sovereignty of God. In chapter 1, verse 5 and 6, God says this to Habakkuk. He says, look among the nations and see. Wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if I told you. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter and hasty nation, who march through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. You see, God tells Habakkuk, he says, look, I'm going to use the Chaldeans. I'm going to use them to seize and to destroy and to, and to punish. And the Chaldeans were not just going to come and punish some foreign nation, someone far away from where Habakkuk was at. The Chaldeans were going to come and God was going to use them to punish Judah, his chosen people. And hearing God is going to use this sinful nation to punish Judah raises some questions with Habakkuk questions that he shares with God. And while God is using this sinful nation to discipline Judah might seem questionable, that is exactly what God ends up doing. When you go to the book of of Daniel, you see that, that God kept his promises. God took the people away captive to Babylon. And God is able to do that. God is able to keep his promises. God is able to to work out everything exactly as, as he says that he is going to work those things out because God is sovereign. You see, God is in control of everything. There is not anything that is out of the control of God. He is the one who either causes or allows everything to happen that happens. And hearing that, you might be a little bit uncomfortable, right? Because it means that, that God could have stopped things that, that happened, right? He could have stopped COVID happening. But, but God is sovereign. And while that initially might make us a little bit uncomfortable to hear that, it ultimately should comfort us because it means that God is in control and that God can work all things out according to His eternal plan. And isn't that what we learn from the book of Romans? In Romans 8, 28, we read this, And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good 
for those who are called according to his purpose. Now, when Paul says this, he doesn't mean that that just if you're a Christian, everything is going to work out hunky-dory for you or or that that every bad thing actually has some silver lining or that every terrible thing is is actually going to be a good thing if we just can see it from a different perspective. That's not what Paul is, is telling us here. Instead, what he's saying is that God is ultimately going to work everything out in our lives in order to glorify himself and to bring us to salvation. And the only way that that can happen is if God is sovereign, if God is in control of everything in this world, and indeed God is sovereign, which is why he can work all things together for good. Even the difficult things that we face have a purpose. It is meant to bring us to salvation. It is meant to glorify God. We may not understand how that happens. We may not understand how that all takes place, but because God is sovereign... We can praise God, we can thank God, even in the difficult times. And following closely on the heels of that last point, we see next that we can praise God in difficult times because we are triumphant in Christ. In verse 19, Habakkuk says this, God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet lie, makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on high places. And so the image that Habakkuk paints for us here in, in this last verse of this section is, is that of a female deer who is, who is sure-footed, who is able to ascend these, these rocky places without slipping. And, and, and that tells us that God is able to make us ascend to the high places, which are the places of conquest and dominion. If you're an army, what do you want? You want the high ground. And Habakkuk tells us that, that God is able to give his people the high ground, which means he is able to cause us to conquer. He is able to cause us to be triumphant. And as those who, who live after the cross, we are triumphant. We are able to conquer in Christ. We are conquerors in Christ. And this is, again, a, another topic that Paul latches on to in the book of Romans. In Romans eight thirty one, starting there, he says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised? Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written... For your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And then Paul concludes with these words. No, in all of these things, Paul tells us, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, in Christ, 
in Christ, we are triumphant. We are triumphant over the evil in our lives now because nothing will separate us from God. We will be triumphant over our enemies in the future when Jesus returns. See, we may face difficulties in this life. We may face some things that Paul mentioned here in, in Romans chapter 8, but none of these things will ultimately defeat us because God will keep us in Christ. In Christ, we are victorious. In Christ, we are triumphant. And when we face difficulties, we can praise God because God is the one who gives us the strength to continue in the faith. And he will one day free us from these situations, conquering our enemies, setting up a perfect, sinless kingdom in which we will live for all of eternity. And knowing that, knowing that we are triumphant in Christ, knowing what we have to look forward to, knowing the hope that we have of this kingdom to come, we should be driven to praise and to worship God even in the difficult times. And so when you face difficulties in this life, and you're going to face difficulties, if these last couple of years have been no example of that, man, we are going to face difficulties. Let me say, do not run from God. Instead, run to God. Praise God. Thank God for all of the things that He has done in our life, despite the difficulties that we face, despite the hardships that we are experiencing. It might not be easy for us. But maybe this Thanksgiving, as you are sitting around the table with your family, you can praise and you can thank God for one of these things that we talked about tonight. You can praise God that, that He doesn't change. You can praise God for the salvation that we have. You can praise God because He is sovereign. You can praise God because He causes us to be triumphant in Christ. And knowing and seeing and resting in these truths about God should make it possible for us to stand with Habakkuk and to say this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. Amen. Amen. Our Lord is a great and mighty God who provides for us always no matter what is taking place in our lives. And in a moment, as we close our service, we always close our, our service or our time of preaching with a time of response, an opportunity for us to respond to the preached word. And so in a moment, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray. And then our worship team is going to come and they're going to they're gonna lead us in a song before we move into our time of prayer and, and our time of, of benediction and closing out. And so while we sing this song, man, thank God. Praise God for how He works in our life. Praise God, despite all the difficulties that we have experienced over the last couple of years, how He has sustained us, how He has provided for us. We are all here because our God is a faithful God. And He is here to provide for us. And so let me pray, and then let's just praise God for the thankfulness for, for how he has sustained us. God, we come to you this evening. We are thankful that we are able to gather together here, Lord, as a church, as many churches here in Red Hook. We are thankful, Lord, for, for you, God, 
for your sovereignty, for your, for your goodness, for the fact that you are unchanging, for the salvation that you provide, for the fact that you allow us to be victorious in Christ. God, we are thankful. And tonight we gather together before Thanksgiving as the church is here in Red Oak to praise you and to thank you for who you are. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.